Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week as we continue on the conversation we've had last week. Um, for those of you who have not listened to that episode, we would maybe recommend listening to that one first, but not completely necessary. Just kind of a fun little addition for us. But we want to continue our love of mechs. So last week we touched on the starts of it, kind of the early granddad ep- or games that, you know, really set the franchise apart and now we're going to be diving more into some of the games that are just amazing and show the the variety of kind of mech games that you can get so let's just jump right in because there's too many games to talk about and there's just too much fun right now (laughs) but uh so the first game that we're gonna be talking about is an rpg right of course it's our bread and butter it's something that we both absolutely love and it's jrpg in that so it's even better right and just to kind of start to show the variety of kind of mech games that are out there we're gonna be talking about xeno gears or xeno saga the xeno series spans a crazy long variety there's multiple multiple games and they're all fantastic they're all really fun but you know there's yeah there's actually quite a bit to cover with that one now i'm thinking about it But yeah, anyways, why don't you kick us off with Xeno? Let us know what your experience is with it. I haven't actually had my hands on it yet, but man, have I watched some footage and it is going to be my next game that I'm going to be playing because holy crap, I'm surprised I missed this one or didn't even pick it up when I was younger. Um, My experience is like I, I just beat Xeno Gears last year. Um. It was something that I kept trying to play as a kid, but I didn't really understand it too much. So I was like, eh, I kind of gave up on it, you know? And then I have played a very, very little bit of Xeno Saga. Uh, I had friends that raved about it. And then Xeno Blade, I mean, granted, none of these are actually connected to each other because, I mean, they are made by different companies, but from what I understand, there is like some kind of like, you know, spiritual successors and stuff like that taken from it. But, uh, all three kind of have, you know, dealings with mechs, right? Like with Xenoblade, it's two giant mechs that got stuck in a fight and that's the whole land. Like you're living on a giant machine. Mm -hmm. Um, but with Xenogears, it, it's really interesting. And, I really love that game a lot, even with, and anyone who's played this knows the second half of the game, or at least the second disc, it is different. And at times I was like, God damn it, this kind of sucks. But when I, when I really got deeper into it and took my time and just kind of enjoyed it, it, it still was awesome. Like it, it just told the story in a very quick way and it did get kind of deep at times, but it really felt at times like this is almost like Evangelion the game, like just because of how the machines looked, how the religious symbolism was thrown everywhere. And I don't know, it was really cool. Like the main enemies in the game, like I was really interested to see what would happen. And there were many times in the story I was like, oh shit like this just happened 
Like it's it's cool. It's a dark, gritty RPG, just kind of like a lot of the RPGs at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can customize your mechs a little bit. Like, obviously, they're not going to change their appearance because it's an old game. But, you know, you can buy new upgrades. It's just like buying equipment for your characters, right? It's, you know, oh, here's a stronger laser for them to use. Oh, this accessory boosts their fuel intake. Like, it's it's interesting because... Most of the time, your normal fights in that game, it's, you know, your party members on foot fighting and you're doing a combo-based system. But later on, there's mech battles or you can even call your mech in to just decimate the little small enemies if you wanted to, right? But basically, you build combos kind of with your mechs as well, depending like how much AP you have built up you know, your first hit will be one hit. And then, you know, your second time you could combo it and you can do like a pretty big combo with your mech and like do some crazy moves. Like I played to the point where I actually unlocked all the characters moves, Mm -hmm. at least the ones that I enjoyed playing. And it was freaking cool, you know, seeing like all these different mechs and each one had a different uh, utility to them. And it was one of the few games where I actually wanted to play with different party members to kind of see what it's going to offer me, which is kind of rare because usually I get stuck with a party and then I just ditch the rest. But you really do feel the urgency to use some of the other characters just because you can make one kind of like a glass cannon. The other one, you know, it's kind of your healer, even though like there's not really any bulk healing when you're in a mech, but... I don't know. It's an interesting mechanic that you don't really see in a turn-based RPG. You know, you don't, you'll see mechs in these, in JRPGs sometimes, but it's not the main focus like that game was. And the usage of mechs is interesting in that game too, because yes, it's used for military purposes, but you know, it starts out where you're in this little rural village. Um, and there's a war going on or there's like an occupation kind of going on. There's like a little firefight and you jump into a mech because, you know, it's there destroying your city. And then, you know, spoilers, you, you lose control of the ship and people hate you basically just putting it simple like that. And, you know, you basically leave the village with your mech and it's, it's really interesting seeing your character's growth and the the relationships between the characters too. And I I'd be really happy to see you play this game because I know you're gonna enjoy it. And there's like a lot of like twists and turns that are just like, whoa, like I didn't really expect it. Like there's things you do expect. And then there's things you don't expect. And it's just, it throws it at you. And I can see why so many people praise this game. But it's definitely when we talk about a mech game, it, even though it's not like, you know, armored core or anything like where you're actually jumping in a mech, being able to command a mech in turn-based combat is badass. Yeah. From what I've seen, this game looks right up my alley. Right. Like I saw some like kind of late game abilities that you get. And it is like the traditional anime trope where it's like 
world-breaking, right? Like, there's a move called Big Bang, where it literally, like, it pans mm-hmm. out to the galaxy itself, and you do a giant attack that hits one freaking enemy, you know? Like, it's <laughs> it, it's it's insane. And if you like those kind of tropes in games, like, they, that was a very common thing in RPGs during that time. I think, like, Final Fantasy VII, remember, like, Meteor and all that? Like, mm-hmm. you just have, like, giant meteors coming down from space and just to hit, like, one person, you know? So it's just if you like that kind of like crazy scale in battles, this has it. And I love the fact that a lot of these like mech games or even mech shows like you mentioned Evangelion, how they bring in a lot of religious connotations. And it's really interesting to see like the Japanese perspective on religion and how they incorporate the different ideas and like just kind of tweak them enough or maybe even shed some light on how absurd some of these stories are right in religion Mm -hmm. and put it into like a mech format which is really really cool like i love that stuff and i mean the the whole xeno franchise is really interesting because it spans so many different types of games and they're all very interesting and really it's i mean the director himself like tetsuo um takahashi right like he's the been the director for all of the games which is nuts across the whole franchise and so that like but they're all so different but yet they still fit into the same kind of weird universe and it's I don't know, man. Like, this guy has created such a vast world for us to explore in. And, man, kudos to him. Like, thank you, Takahashi, because, like, holy crap, <laughs> we have some amazing games from it. And, yeah, this is definitely going to be one that I'll be checking out for sure. Because you completely sold me on it. I mean, honestly, just mentioning Evangelion, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll play it. <laughs> like, I need more Evangelion in my life, to be honest. It it really does feel like it at times, at least, you know, maybe not like your character being like Shinji where they're like, you know, they don't have the weight of their shoulders or weight of the world on their shoulders and it's weighing them down. You know, he's not having panic attacks, but just the way the mechs look and a lot of the the symbolism throughout the game, you can see a lot of a lot of things that really connect almost with the two mm-hmm. and it really does stand out compared to the other Xeno games like like Xenoblade and all that stuff. It's it's really different, obviously, because it's more modern. But Xenogears is like when I think of a 90s RPG, to yeah. me, that's one of the top. Like it's especially PlayStation era. It's really different. And even with the second disc being a little lackluster, it's still up there for me like i'm glad i finally set out to finally play it hell yeah nice so kind of continuing on this slightly anime motivated games we're gonna dive right into a heavy anime game this is if you are an anime fanboy if you love watching those shows if you if you want to be you know eva unit one in a game guess what you can if you want to if you want to be Mazinger Z in a game, that's a thing you can do. Any of the Gundams? Hell yeah. Like, this game has it all. And I'm talking, of course, about Super Robot Wars or Super Robot Tyson, right? Which is the original name of this franchise. This franchise dates back to 1991 and it is still going strong. And there's so many titles in this game. And, you know, like, when you look at it on surface level when you're fighting, it is just a basic 
basic kind of tactics style game. Um, when you're moving the pieces around, they're very simple sprites that you move on a grid-based system to do your attacks, but that's not the draw of this game. The draw is playing your favorite mechs and watching the scenes like kind of come out at you, right? So every time you actually initiate an attack, it goes to a little cutscene where you see your mech in action and they're doing like the classic moves from your shows. The voice acting is top notch. Like it's it's awesome to watch this stuff go. And you know, like yeah, and the game can seem a little simplistic at times, you know, but that's not what you're there. That's not what you're playing it for. And it's gosh, if you can get your hands on it, like and you love anime, and you love anime mech fights, this is one to definitely, definitely pick up. I think there's, like, what, 30 games? Or there's there's so many games in this, it's it's nuts. And it spans so many different, like, uh, consoles and everything. So di- whatever console you really want to play it on, it probably has something for you. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Super Robot Wars is just... It, even if you're not playing it, like, check out some YouTube videos of it because seeing, like, the art style of it, it's... it's I don't know. It's it's beautiful. It's freaking gorgeous. And, you know, there's not, like, a whole lot to really dive into this because it's literally... Do you like anime? Do you like robots? Do you want to watch your favorite robots fight? Well, guess what? You can. And it's just... It's so much fun to kind of see that style where they're not taking themselves too seriously and just letting you kind of enjoy the experience, you know? It's just super fun. And actually, in one of the more recent updates or recent games, they allowed you to be Spike from Cowboy Bebop. Like, you can actually fly, huh. yeah, you can actually fly around in his little um, space glider and fight, too. So, like, they, they're bringing even characters from, like, that franchise, right? Like, it's just, it's any popular kind of mech-related game guess what? It's probably in here. And it's, you might even find some mechs too that you've never heard of because they're pulling from basically the whole genre itself of mech animes. Like you're, you're getting stuff from like the seventies even like it's, it's Zoids in there. Um, I don't know if Zoids is, I would be very surprised if Zoids wasn't included. Uh, there's a lot of Mazinger or Mazinger, uh, Get a Robo, Macross, uh, Uteki, Dunbine, Votums, Elderon, Evangelion, Virtual On. Oh, Zoids is in it. Yes, they are. Uh, wow. Full Metal Panic. Gurren Logan is now in this game as well. And the list just keeps going. It's nuts. They even have Tekka Man. If you guys know who Tekka Man is, like, that's awesome. Like, I love that franchise, like, with all my heart. And what's cool, too, is they actually have, um, in some of the games, they actually had uh, original mechs, too, thrown into the mix, which is really interesting. Uh, So it's just been, it's a blast to look at. And it's really just like nostalgia heaven when you're you're playing through these games, because it's it's everything. And like I said, that you might even find some animes that you've never thought about. Oh, and actually, for those who are into more recent stuff, uh, Gridman which is a more recent anime mech style game or show, they put Gridman into the newest Super Robot Wars as well. And it has every single move from the show is in this game. So you can go through all that too. And the cutscenes are really cool because you see like the the other characters, you know, coming in and saying like, you know, activate protocol blah, right? And it does the attack and it's just 
I don't know. It's it's just a whole lot of fun. It's it's complete nonsense game, but if you're just looking for something to just kind of turn your brain off, enjoy, and just, you know, scratch that anime itch when you're playing a game, this is one to definitely check out and enjoy for sure. There's so many games in this series. I'm just like looking it up and it's like does I remember back in the day finding a magazine and seeing Super Robot Wars 64. Yeah. And I was like, I want to play that game. And it never came out. And I was so bummed. And I totally forgot the series even existed until maybe a few months ago. I was looking at uh, Play Asia and I saw that you could buy the, the Switch version. I was like, hmm, that's kind of tempting, you know. But yeah. the are unfortunate these, thing I are would they say- like. Fire Emblem, like where yeah. it's grid based yeah. and then it zooms in. A hundred percent. So it's it's literally Fire Emblem. But the cool thing about it actually is whenever you activate your attack, like you say you're going to attack this unit, um, mm-hmm. it actually pops up this like window where it shows like percentage of hit, just like Fire Emblem, right? Because these games, the original game actually came out, I think a year after Fire Emblem came out. So it pulls heavily from that, and they've kept that model going throughout the whole franchise. Um, but you can actually pick different attacks that your mech is going to do, and they give you, like, I think you have, like, three or four different choices, depending. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can activate the attack sequence from there. And, yeah, so, like, you'll see your percent of hit and all that stuff, and then you go through the same thing where it zooms in to a full cutscene of the actual attacks taking place, you know, like you attack and then the enemy counterattacks, that same basic premise there. So, yeah, it's it's 100% Fire Emblem, but with all your favorite mechs from every franchise that you could potentially think of. I think even Ultraman's in it, too, which is awesome. Jesus. Yeah, like literally you name it, they've had it and they're going to continue making these games. And the big thing is like they're keeping it current, which is awesome. So think about like i mean the fact that gurren logins in there too which is super cool it, it's just i don't know it, it's just really enjoyable really fun i experience. will say it's wild looking at the release dates because sometimes they have three titles coming out in one year yeah in a span of only a few months it's like i don't know that's mind-boggling to me dude like how they can just keep releasing games every year to even multiple times in a year yeah. and it's like the same franchise like what the fuck well, it speaks to how simple the game actually is. Like, there's not really yeah. a whole lot to the story. Like, that's not what you're playing it for, right? Mm-hmm. So the main focus, as you can see, like, if you watch any of the newer footage, like, the old footage of the games was literally, like, just, like, non-moving sprites of your favorite enemy or favorite mechs with, mm. like, their weapons, you know, like, kind of pasted onto them. There wasn't a lot put into it. It was just the draw of being able to play your favorite mechs in a game. So that that's kind of what it was. It, it, gotcha. Think about like, um, I guess it could be correlated to, I guess, like Smash Brothers, you know, like you have all the characters from all your favorite franchise in one game. But this is like tactical Smash Brothers, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So it's it's crazy. And instead of doing a bunch of updates and battle passes and all that crap, they just come out with new games. They're just like, well, fuck it. We're just going to make another one. <laughs> and they just keep doing it, which sucks, too, because these games don't really go on sale. So if, if you don't really get released on here either, don't they? No, they don't. They're mainly um, Asian releases. But the thing is, that's really cool 
is most of the releases actually have English subtitles already built in. So mm-hmm. the the really the best way to get these games is through Play Asia. Like you're probably not going to find them at the stores. You're not going to be able to find them on like the Switch, you know, market and all that stuff. Like you really have to get a hard copy version. But what's nice is that they do include English translations of the game. So it they know that there's an audience out here, but I guess it's not big enough for them to do full releases out here. Yeah. So, which is unfortunate because I'd buy the hell out of those games. <laughs> well, no, you can. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick up some. I'm definitely going to be picking up Super Robot 30, so. Yeah, yeah. Unless, Well, I might actually not pick up the newest one and pick up the one that has uh, the Evangelion stuff in it because that just has more draw to me. I think that one was like two games ago or something. All right, so I feel like it's time to kind of pull away from the anime stuff. We've been talking about it a lot. <laughs> we talk about anime, uh, or actually over the course of these last two episodes, anime has been a big conversation piece as far as these mech games because you can see the correlation, right? Like the inspiration is there. It makes sense, like right? A lot of games are pulling from different anime sources that we all love. It's an easy way to make these games popular to make them relatable and all that stuff but there are a lot of mech games that do not really pull from anime as their inspiration and they pull more of like that gritty real like raw stuff like the games of mech warrior and all that so i feel like it's time to start diving into some of those games and let people know about other styles of mech games so why don't you jump in with the next uh game that we're going to be discussing right now uh, so I figured we can go with a classic, uh, the Front Mission series. Hell yeah. Um, this is a series I kind of, well, I talk about, like, I've grown up with it all my life, but I mean, the third <laughs> game was pretty, like, impactful to me when I was younger. Um, it really got me into tactic, kind mm-hmm. of RPGs, uh, between that and Final Fantasy Tactics, which honestly look the same aside from one having mechs and the other one having like chocobos in it yeah. <laughs> uh it it was really interesting and as someone who grew up with gundams and all that kind of stuff like i loved having a game where you're in robots and it's a war and i liked three at the time because i was young and it it was simple enough for me to understand but engaging enough for me to keep playing and as I got older, I started, you know, realizing there were other front mission games. And apparently the best game is two. Mm-hmm. And it's it was translated like a while ago. And I've been really meaning to kind of get back into that series because all the games are self-contained stories, but they do all connect. So to understand the world better throughout, like, you know, the years, because they all take place in different years, you want to play all of them just so you can kind of understand some back history to the world. It, a lot of the the front mission, like the core games, because there are other genres mixed in, were inspired by Fire Emblem. And you can easily see it because 
with the the first game, and I think the second game still included it too. When the troop or your unit goes to another unit, does the same thing Fire Emblem does. It zooms in, you get a close-up shot, and it's a rock, paper, scissors kind of format. Of course, just like with all those other games like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that was interesting about front mission games compared to, say, Fire Emblem, is the part system. So typical like armored core, stuff like that, you know, if your legs get damaged, you won't be able to move or evade. If your arm gets broken, you can't use the weapon that's attached to it. And finally, if your body breaks, well, then your unit blows up. And it added kind of a interesting mechanic to that because you weren't really used to that in tactic games. You know, it's just one unit and that's it. Yeah, one unit, and, one health pool, simple, right? Yeah, and it, you know, the story is actually kind of interesting in it. It's the world's kind of broken up in different like factions and it, there are a lot of renamings of Earth, like the different countries and stuff, but it does take place on Earth. You know, it's just kind of a futuristic looking way of what could be. But it the story is engaging. I don't know. I thought at least with three and I played a little bit of Evolved, which is a totally different kind of game of it. It I don't know. There's just something really fascinating about this kind of like war torn tactics game. And it's a bummer that we didn't get all the games released out here. Like, we we got the first game when they released it on the DS, uh, like, a decade later. And we got three, and we got four, and we got Evolved. I think we didn't get five, but five has been translated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't kept up, because I know there's a really good translation for five, but... um. Yeah, for some reason we missed out on on two, and then there's some other ones. But the interesting is Front Mission had, it was called Gun Hazard, which kind of took that inspiration of early side-scrolling mech games, right? So basically, you're in a mech, you're doing like platforming. Think like Mario or Contra, Mm -hmm. or a combination of both. And... The difference with this, though, is that this is actually more of a side-scrolling RPG in the sense that, you know, you level up, you can get money, you can buy new parts for your mech. You know, if you take too much damage, your mech will blow up and then you're launched out on foot. And I mean, you being on foot versus a mech, you're not going to last that long. But, you know, it was a really cool mechanic and it had a decent story to it. It wasn't released out here. But there's English patches for it. Like, it's very easy to play. Like, it's completely patched, which is nice. Because I think if anybody likes those old Super Nintendo kind of platformer games, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Because it is fun. It it does. You can feel the old Squaresoft magic that they worked on that game. And it's kind of a bummer we didn't see more games like that. Because I actually really like those kind of games. Yeah, same. I mean, this is another franchise that I wish I got more into when I was younger because now revisiting it and looking back at these things, they look 
awesome. And I, I love, I really love that mechanic of having it where the pilot kind of comes out of the mech too, like especially mm-hmm. in the gun hazard stuff. Like it's a really cool idea and it just, it makes it feel more real. It adds to that overall stress level, right? And like looking at the um, the other front mission games as far as like the the different health pools for your limbs, right? Like maybe if you, like you said, if you get your legs shot too much or too much damage, you won't be able to move or like you'd have much more limited movement. Like I love the added stress that that puts onto a tactics game. Like it really makes you need to like you really need to start strategizing a little differently when you approach these battles and really paying attention to all the different facets of like your actual mech. It makes it feel more real, which I I love that a lot, especially now as I'm getting older, like I'm absolutely loving the, the nitty gritty details of like resource management and all that, like give me more of that in games and I'll be happy for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I was younger, that kind of stuff, oh man, like it felt so tedious and like so difficult. Like it made a game instantly hard for me and made it where like I kind of didn't want to dive into it as much. But now like I love that aspect in games. I, I love how it's like, I don't know, like it just adds a whole nother layer to the game itself and makes it much more enjoyable. It's like, I don't know. It just it it's kind of hard to like correlate or put into words, really. But it's just definitely a fun one to check out. And I mean, the mech design in in Front Mission is awesome. Like, I love these mechs. They're so cool. It, it does remind me a lot of like Armored Core style mechs, right? Mm-hmm. But man, they look so awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're not like crazy, like standout kind of mechs, like you know you would get in the Gundam game, or you know even like. Xeno gears it they're more so just basic military units but still it's interesting you know it, it has really cool designs and yeah. something i found interesting is a lot of these mech games and i think even animes in general a lot of the times the writers get like engineers to actually like do research and thinking oh would this actually work before they make these things because i was when i was doing some research on this i kept seeing like oh we had like a like a mechanical engineer like going over this to make sure like it would actually make sense and i'm like wow that's kind of deep you know you wouldn't think that like you Mm -hmm. think someone would just draw like a machine but it's cool yeah actually looking at the designs they feel very like utilitarian they feel very real and grounded and it mm-hmm. makes sense that like that, that they had actually had engineers coming in to help with the designs of the stuff because it feels real. Like when you add on a new part to these kind of mechs, like it feels like legit, right? Like it's actually where you would place it. It makes sense. You can see all the components and how it works, like the movement, like all of it just makes sense. And it gives it that extra sense of like realism. That's really nice to see. You know, it's completely a different, like like you said, like spanning away from the more anime style mechs where it's just do whatever the hell you want, right? Like you can have floating parts. It's fine. It's cool. It's like, you know, turn your brain off. It's anime. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to actually see 
like the the armor plating being added on and seeing like the bulk that it adds and then paying attention to things like the weight of your mech. Now you have less movement because you put on more armor, which makes complete sense, right? Or like energy usage for different weapon types. If you have a really strong laser, it might use more AP than, you know, a machine gun does. And that just makes total sense in these games. It's just really cool. It's a really nice touch. I love that a lot. Yeah, I I really like realistic approaches to mech games because it it really makes you think like, are we gonna have these in the future? You know, like yeah. it. I know that that Gundam was built in Japan that can move, which is crazy. Yeah, but I saw it in person. It is amazing. <laughs> like you could see these things becoming a reality one day if they wanted to. I mean, I almost feel like our planet's not big enough to have a bunch of those things flying around. No. You know, like think about how big they are, and you think like how they're like hundreds in the sky over this world. And it's like, dude, like these things are huge. Like you could probably have like 10 of them flying over like LA and it'd be like gigantic. Yeah. It'd block out the sun, right? Like yeah. it'd just be so terrifying to see these things. Yeah. But I, I don't know. There's something about like the realism of it. And speaking of realism in mechs, uh, I think that's a good you know, branch into some of these other more, I would say, modern style of games. They do take more of the tactic style of gameplay and they run with it, right? And that seems to be more mm-hmm. of a modern trope when it comes to mech games. They seem to really focus heavily on tactic style fighting or RTS games, right? It's a really big avenue for more modern, more realistic, more grounded style of mech games. And I think the first one that we should touch on is probably just real quickly i would say is iron harvest iron harvest is Mm. fantastic i love the art style of this game and if any of you are board game fans or anything like that if you've seen the game scythe that's where the mechs are designed after and that's what this game is really inspired on so think 1920s but mechs Right. So when you mentioned the fact that like, oh, some of these mechs don't feel like they would be able to fit into this world. Right. Like they're too big. They're too vast. It's it's a lot to take in. This is where Iron Harvest comes into play. Right. These games or these mechs themselves actually fit very well into the environment that they're in. And there's different types of mechs. They have like exosuits. They have, you know, um, walking machines and they have just straight mechs. Right. And they all feel like they fit into that time period there's like when you look at the designs of them they're they look like they're made out of like cast iron you see the hard rivets you see like the coal engines like burning like crazy so it's kind of like steampunky but more like realistic right they, they feel very grounded which is awesome and what's cool about this game is that like it's it's taking the whole like idea of like war in the 1920s and revamping it giving it new life and making it interesting again so there's three different factions that you can pick from that you uh you fight with and it's it's a full rts strategy game so you see everything from top down but actually seeing the mechs and things like that running around on the map is really really cool and it does make it seem more i guess you could say like logical as to why like a group of infantry could take down a mech like seeing the scale of it and it, I don't know, it just made it, 
I guess it's just real. It, like it, I could see like history books be rewritten with this stuff in it, and I wouldn't like bat an eye, right? Like I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like it, it's it just is really really well done. Super great game. Really amazing. Like holy crap, amazing art. Like I, I haven't seen art like this in the game for a long time. And if you want to see a bunch of art on it, like check out the Scythe board game itself. The art style for it is just beautiful. It looks like Renaissance paintings, right? Um, but then all of a sudden there's just like mechs in the background. <laughs> like it's just absolutely gorgeous. They did <laughs> such a fantastic job with it. But yeah. This- I think what's interesting about Iron Harvest is that, you know, the mechs don't look like they're like skyscrapers. You know, like something I've noticed with it is that it actually looks like, oh, you know, if a hundred humans were to take it on, they probably could actually beat it. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like Mecha from anime, it's like, okay, like it's really impossible to take on a mech unless you have another mech. It's it's really interesting. And I actually do like seeing like these alternative plays on history. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be cool if they did this throughout the different decades. That'd be awesome to see, actually. And it actually speaks to the the resources that are available during that time, right? Like, the bigger factions or the more, like, industrial factions, their mechs are much larger. So I think that the range of mechs was, like, from 10 to 30 meters or something like that. So it's nothing, like, out of human grasp, Right. Hmm. It, it all is very grounded and very interesting. And you can see like the bigger factions having the real like actual, um, yeah, the weapon systems, the weapon systems or the giant walking machines are huge. They're massive. Right. But then you have like the basic mechs, which are like little walkers and stuff like that. They might be, I don't know, like if an average human like five, six feet, you know, they're probably like. 20 20 feet tall right 20 30 feet tall which makes it very like it makes sense because a lot of the stuff like they're fighting for resources there's like famine there's right like there's there's not a lot to pull from so they're pulling from the environment they have currently so you wouldn't see like outlandish holy crap amazing like huge mechs running around so it's a nice it's a nice like grounding uh mechanic at least put into these games hmm so really, really cool stuff. So as far as like the tactical stuff, like continuing on that train, we got to talk about Battletech. <laughs> Battletech. Oh, well, yeah. Battletech is gorgeous. But do you want to kind of give your little uh, experience with it? Uh, I never really had that much experience with it. I mostly watched a lot of people play it. Yeah. Just because uh, I know it's it's done by the guy who did, you know, Mech Warrior and Battletech in general. And uh, for me, it seemed like the XCOM of mech games, almost. Kind of that, like, strategy, cover, tactical, shooter kind of game. And... As a big fan of the XCOM games, I always wanted to play Battletech just because I'm like, oh, it, it seems really similar. And the customization is, like, amazing with it, too. But, uh, I mean, from what I've seen of it, it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. The back- I just, yeah, I get so burnt out on, like, I guess you could say the 
Western strategy games like that sometimes because I'll get too into them and then I just then I have to put them down. But that game, it I mean, it looks great. Yeah, there's a lot to the BattleTech games, and it's a really good like like you mentioned, seeing the Iron Harvest game done across the ages would be really interesting. I think that's exactly what BattleTech is. BattleTech is showing what mechs, like realistic mechs, would be like in the future, right? Like it, everything makes sense. And I don't know, man. The gameplay, it's hard, <laughs> it's difficult. There's a lot to it. Like you mentioned, it's made by the Mech Warrior guys. So, like, it's if you like Mech Warrior, you're going to enjoy this franchise for sure. But yeah, the the BattleTech games themselves are they're grounded in this sense of realism, which is fantastic. And like being able to actually explore the galaxies themselves, the story is massive. Uh, it's it's I don't know. There's a lot to it, uh, which is really fun to dive into. I I don't know, man. Like the these more traditional, more modern mech games. I it's a shame that I kind of fell out of mech games for a while because now like. Over while we've been talking about them and doing all this research, like I forgot how much I absolutely loved and adored mech games. And it just makes me want to explore them more and more. But like you said too, like the Western style RPGs, like or these games, like there there's so much to them. Like I, I keep thinking about like, you know, even like Disco Elysium, right? Like diving into a system like that where it's so much to soak in. It feels like such a daunting task, and I, like BattleTech almost feels like that daunting task. But I will want to dive in, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's, but that's my thing with these games is that they're so like I don't say daunting. It's just like, oh, am I gonna devote my life to it? You know? Yeah, it's so, I me. Mean, like this is the only game I'm gonna be playing for quite a while, <laughs> right? So it's definitely interesting, but. If you want a smaller game, something a little bit easier to latch on to. Uh, bite size. Bite size even. Actually, yeah, 100% bite size. Like even with the art style itself and the size of the maps, check out Into the Breach. Into the Breach is an awesome little tactics game. And each stage that you come across is like a little tiny puzzle that you're trying to figure out, which is really interesting. Uh, there are like ideal ways to handle the situations but i think what really sets into the breach apart from other little tactic style games because it is tile tactics right Mm -hmm. this one does it a little differently which i think is really cool so at the start of your turn you actually see what the enemies are going to do once it's their turn to go right so like you'll see Mm -hmm. what they're going to attack what's going to get damaged all that stuff and then now you have your three units that you have to move around and you can actually like full out destroy different enemy types depending on how much damage you do or you can push enemies too if you don't have enough time or you can't get to the enemy um, to actually do any damage to them so you can push them out of way out of the way of what they're going to attack so like let's say the enemy pops up next to a building and they say they're going to attack the square right in front of them if you push them to the left where there's just nothing in front of them they're just going to attack to empty air which is actually really interesting to think about so it becomes more of like a tile puzzle uh, than a tactics game which is a really fun approach to the mech style tactics games 
Uh, and it's, it's very fun, like really interesting. The different, um, like weapon types that you can attach to your mechs, uh, the little environmental things that happen. Cause there's actually a lot of environment stuff that comes across here. Like you can drown them enemies too if you push them into water. And for instance, uh, I believe it's on the second stage of the game itself. Uh, there's a dam that's on the level, right? And one of your secondary, uh, goals is to break the dam itself, right? And you don't really know what that's going to do because you've never encountered it. It's literally the second stage of the game. But if you break the dam, then the all the squares in front of the dam now become flooded with water. So it creates a new water hazard for you to utilize, right? Um, or avoid, depending on how you try and solve the puzzle itself. But then huh. there's also like fire traps and stuff like that. Like there's, there's a lot of really cool things that happen with it. And I think the what's nice about it is the actual wind condition of each level. Typically, wind conditions mean like, oh, you've destroyed everything that's in front of you, right? Well, that is one way to do it. But the levels actually end when the turn counter drops to zero, so it always says at the top, it says victory in four turns or however turn many turns it is. And if you don't destroy all of the Vex, they're called Vex, the aliens, out on the map within the four turns, that's okay. As long as all your um, your energy, like your main health bar for like the buildings and things like that, or the population itself, doesn't drop to zero within those four turns, then you've won that stage. Right, you might not have gotten all of the sub uh, sub rewards mm. and stuff like that, but as long as you survive, you win, which is a really cool way of like I, I don't know. It felt like it added on to this idea of like this invasion is too much to take on at once, right? So like an outright victory of destroying everything is not always going to be possible. So I don't know. It's it's a really cool. Uh, transition or a different way or a different approach to the tactics game that the designers themselves actually uh, changed the game up after some Q&A that um, they experienced where the original game itself was more just straight tactics, right? And then they realized they changed it up, they tweaked it, and they added in the mechanic where you actually see what the enemy is going to do before you act. And it made it a much more like interesting experience something different that they haven't seen before and people started approaching it more of a puzzle and experimenting with different maneuvers and stuff that they weren't doing before when it was just a straight tactics game so i feel like it was a really cool way of incorporating what they learned from the q a to make a very interesting unique experience in this game the game is really interesting, too, because it seems like you can have different pilots and, you know, once you reclaim a region, then it's yours, right? Like, there's no, it's... Yeah, there's no going back, which is nice. Is it a roguelike? Like, if you mm -hmm. make yeah. it so far and you die, okay. Yeah, so it's full roguelike, and what's actually interesting is, so there's four islands laid out in front of you, mm -hmm. and then there's one, like, volcano island, which is the final stage, and after you beat the first island, the final stage unlocks right away. So you can just go straight to the end, right? Um, hmm. But what, or you can go through and, you know, uh, save the other islands or clear them out, you know, 
And that unlocks different pilots, which have different abilities and unlocks different weapons and stuff like that. But the final stage will scale with you. So no matter what, the final challenge rating is going to be like difficult, right? Uh, because it's staying in par with you as the player, which is kind of cool. So there that is that like kind of risk reward style there. Where like, yes, you do want to continue fighting to unlock different pilots and you unlock different mechs and things like that. But if you want to just beat the game, it might be a good idea to just dive right into the first area. Like after you've done the first island, go to the final boss. Uh, because no matter what, it's going to be difficult or at that same level of difficulty as if you would have went later, you know. So it's, I don't know, it's kind of... I like the way it's set up there and the replayability is really nice because I think there's 10 different um, sets of mechs that you can unlock and each one has Mm -hmm. different types of abilities, which is really interesting. Like one that I really enjoyed was the freezing mechs. So you can actually encase the Vex in ice or you can encase the buildings or even your own mechs, your own players in ice, which kind of creates an armor around them, but it makes it so that they can't act when they're frozen. So it's kind of an interesting like way to play and move things around a little bit. So like let's say you have a mech that's going to be hit that turn and you have no way of moving them. You can actually encase them in ice to protect them from the initial hit, but you won't be able to move that mech or use any of their actions at that time, right? If that makes sense. So it just adds a whole nother puzzle element to it where you're playing through the same levels over and over again, but playing through them with different mechs and different abilities, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get started on playing this. It's been one that I like, I'll play for like 10 minutes and then sit down, won't play it for like a year and then get back into it. But I didn't realize like all of the kind of like, mild progression you can get in it and stuff and i'm like oh this game actually looks fun like i like puzzle i guess you really call it like a puzzle game like this like it's it's fascinating yeah i wish it was on the phone though like this would be the perfect game for me to play on my phone i agree this is a hundred percent a mobile game and for some reason it's just not released on mobile but yeah if this was like an ios game it would be amazing to just do like a quick run real fast while you're on your phone like it all the mechanics feel simplistic enough that they could be included into that i i just yeah it's a shame i mean the closest thing you can get is have it on your switch it's great it's on the go yeah That's how but I the play switch it. is freaking clunk like, yeah. <laughs> like people are always like oh you can just play mobile games on your switch wherever you go i'm like okay i'm not going to carry my switch with me everywhere like, no i'm not carrying around a 300 dollars piece of equipment like everywhere i go no i'm sorry yeah it's not like in other countries where i'm gonna take the train for like an hour and all of this and actually have a reason to you know boot it up here it's like yeah you have like 10 minutes right so like i'm just, yeah yep yeah no agreed so is that is a lot of the big games that we want to talk about, but I feel like we should bring up just a couple of more modern style games, some of the weird ones. And actually, mm-hmm. speaking of mobile games, real quick, uh, this game uh, actually started out as a mobile game and now has moved to console games. And unfortunately, they pulled the mobile game from the market completely. But this is a completely different new, or a different way of approaching the mech genre itself, which I found really fascinating. Um, especially looking at the visuals, and that's break arts. 
So Break Arts mm. is a fully like it's a racing battle game, right? And you fully customize your mechs and add in different abilities to them, different um, move sets, like uh, different speed boost or armor, stuff like that, right? So you're adding a whole lot to it. And visually, it's like, holy crap, it's a lot to look at, you know? Like, think about like a lot of those newer rhythm style games where it's just like crazy flashing lights all over the place. It's that, but then mech racing. So you make your awesome custom huge mech and then you race them across everything. But the first one hmm. actually was just a pure mobile game. And I didn't know that at first. Uh, but with the success of it, now it is on you know Steam. It's on um, PS4, I believe. And uh, it's going straight just like only on more console style games. Which is a shame because this would be another one that would be awesome to just keep playing on mobile because it seems like it would be cool to just you know hop in do a really quick race and then hop back out but it's visually holy crap amazing looks really fun and then another one the final game that i i have uh personally is wolfstride uh wolfstride is a new game that just came out it's it's a very interesting exploration like rpg style game but what I really enjoyed about the visuals of it, at least, it's all in black and white. And it's a more of like a comedic approach to the story itself. Um, but it's giant robot fights, right? So you're battling uh, one another. It's just a one-on-one -on -one fight at all times. But it's a turn-based mech battle game. And it has the components where you can target different, you know, like arms or the body or the head. Uh, and, you know, obviously, if you destroy the body, you win the whole match. But being uh, just attacking the body might leave you open to more attacks, like stronger attacks from the arms or other weapons that they might have on them. But what's really cool is the the way that the battle is laid out, right? There, so there's a kind of like a roadmap at the bottom where it shows your positioning. And if you push the enemy to the edge of the roadmap, then it gives you kind of like a break style uh, attack where like it hurts them and it might, you know, interrupt their move, what they were going to do next. So you want to kind of position and like figure out how to move across that little map or those tile sets because if you, the same thing can be done to you by your enemies. So it's, it's a nice like push and pull match and it's just like the art style is awesome to look at. So it's another really cool, interesting approach to how mech games can be done. It's really fun. And it looks really cool too. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. <laughs> I remember uh, you actually brought it up to me for the first time, uh, I want to say during Next Fest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, this looks sick. And then I totally forgot about it like a week later because my memory span is just terrible sometimes. <laughs> and then when we were doing this episode, I was like, God, there was a game that was really cool. And then you found it again. I'm like, man, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm loving, like, just, I don't know. The indie games lately are just crazy. But stuff like this where it looks, like, a lot different, I guess you could say, compared to the usual. Like, the art is just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well. We have touched on a lot 
of games, and we have touched on a lot of different genres here this <laughs> this week, <laughs> actually over the last couple weeks, right? And this has really been basically, I would call it like our love letter to mech games. Mech games are amazing, and they span every kind of genre out there. Like I mentioned in the first episode, is that if there's a genre that you enjoy, guess what? There's probably a mech game out there for you. So just dive in and just experience this stuff because there's so much fun. There's so much nuance to them. And it's just, it's a whole nother world to get wrapped into, to get fully immersed in. It's been a blast researching this stuff. And I've definitely found a lot of games to add to my list of things that I want to play next. <laughs> but I don't know. It's It's been a lot of fun checking this stuff out. And if there are some mech games out there that we did not touch on that are your absolute favorites, uh, let us know. Reach out to us on the socials. We'd love to talk about them. And yeah, it's just been a lot of fun looking back at this and just remembering the you know the experiences that we've had with some of these games in the past that's what this is all about we love nostalgia here and mech games are totally that <laughs> in my opinion hmm. but yeah i think that's gonna do it for us this week thank you guys so much for listening we hope that you've enjoyed our you know little two-parter episode our dive into mech games themselves and Obviously, we've touched on a lot of them, and there are so many more out there that we didn't even touch on, but that, that just shows how expansive this whole genre series thing really is. But yeah, with that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>